Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Five, four, three... Two, one! Yay! All right. Woo, we have got a party oh going on party here at Old Baraboo Inn. Old Baraboo Inn, Baraboo, Wisconsin. It is the uh, live See You on the Other Side podcast. I am Mike uh, from Sunspot and Madison Ghost Walks here with... I am Wendy Lynn from Sunspot. And we also are joined on... The discussion here with Allison. Yep, Allison Jorlin, MilwaukeeGhost.com. And we would like to thank the Old Baraboo Inn for hosting our podcast this evening. Yay! Yes. This is one of the rare few on-site live podcasts that we've done. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to thank Shelly and Tracy and also Sandy and Chip and BC. Everyone here has been incredibly nice to us and welcoming, and it's they just have, a and most great people, place to be. Most people hate us. <laughs> We're not used to this kind of a warm welcome. Usually it's a hostile kind of like, can you, can you please leave? Right, or, or, <laughs> or some or, kind of official escort out, like, no, we need you guys to go. Now. Yeah, it's usually like you and your, your friends out. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's nice to be here tonight, especially at a haunted location. Allison just did a couple of hours on Wisconsin ghost stories and weirdness. That's right. Yes. Thank yeah. you for listening. Nicely done, yeah, Allison. And I learned so many things that I didn't know, and I thought I knew a lot about Wisconsin, you know, hauntings and stuff. So I'm... There are so I'm, many stories. I'm pleasantly enlightened by what yeah. you shared. I, I don't know. Um, I think I might have a book series. I think you definitely have a book sure. series. Sure. Like, well, just, just by the hotels and even like the specific room numbers, I'm like, okay, here's the room numbers I'm going to avoid next time I'm in Milwaukee. Cause <laughs> yeah. And those are the ones where you I'm definitely go. calling in and asking yes. that. Asking yeah. for that, that room. Well, so if you're in Milwaukee for a good time, call Allison. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, good. it was a fun night of paranormal stuff here. We're going to keep on continuing with that. Um, but it was a sad week in the realm of music. Oh, my gosh. So sad. Because on Thursday, we lost the purple one himself. Prince. So everybody put one up for Prince. Strong in yes. the Midwest. All right, this one's to you. Yes, this one hit hard, I have to say. He did. And Allison was hurt. She's wearing her purple jacket in honor. I am. I was a big fan in high school. And and like I said, Allison was the first person I thought of when I heard the news. I mean, at first I was just in shock, but then... Then I was You're like, like, oh my gosh. I have to rush her aside and tell her not to jump? I almost <laughs> felt like I needed to call you and give you a condolence. I like was a personal okay. one. Because, okay, I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> she painted her room purple. Oh, come when, on. When she was like 14 it's years just, old, for it's real. It's just my favorite color, that's all. <laughs> yeah, and Prince's. Well, um, interestingly enough, so uh, Prince, he did have a, a story from when he was a kid. And he told this on a talk show in the 90s. So, uh, it, he said that when he was a child, he was suffering from epilepsy, and he doesn't remember this, but his mother told him that one day he came to her and said, Mommy, I'm not going to be sick anymore. And she's like, what do you mean? And he says, and 
uh, his mother told him that he told her an angel came to him and said that he wouldn't be sick anymore. And after that, he didn't suffer any epileptic seizures. Wow. I had never heard that. Yeah. So I, well, I, I didn't heard that but, but, uh, until this week. I hadn't heard that either. Yeah. So, so Prince had an angelic visit as a young man, mm. as a young prince. That's right. Well, he left us too soon. He definitely he did. did. He did. Uh, what, the thing is, if you're an angel and you come to visit Prince, like, like a little bait, like a little kid, and it's just like, okay, you're not going to be sick. And, he, and he's like, ow! And you know, what does he say? You know, you'd be like, hey, this you're a little too funky for me. I got to run. Aww. And so, anyway. But that's an interesting connection to the, the mysterious. Yes. So uh, even, even Prince had his own kind of paranormal story. Absolutely. Right from there. Uh, anyway, so interesting week in the paranormal and a hard week for pop culture. Very, very difficult. But we'll, yes. get, we'll get back to the purple one later. Uh, but we're excited to be at the old Baraboo Inn. And it's reputed that this might be the most haunted place in Wisconsin. That's right. Well, I, I think they, they have reported a possible 12 ghosts at, at, at this time that... That That's have, a lot uh, of ghosts. Been reported, dif- different spirits of different kinds. So think about the most haunted places you guys know in Wisconsin right now. So I think about um, the uh, the Majestic Theater has around three spirits at it, mm-hmm. at least stories of it, and that's in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, the Orpheum Theater about seven. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the Orpheum uh, is um, just got bought out by Live Nation this week. So, oh. um, yeah, so the Orpheum is now haunted. Officially by, corporate. Right, haunted <laughs> by the spirit of corporate malfeasance. Oh. Um, anyway, so seven spirits at the Orpheum, as far as the stories that I've researched and I know, we've got at least three at the Capitol in Madison, Wisconsin. Allison, in Milwaukee, how many of the, the this, with the most spirits, what do you think the place you have? Well, uh, there's a lot of different spirits, um, Reported at the Brumder Inn in Milwaukee, and also Shaker Cigar Bar. There's oh, we've mul- been there. multiple we been multiple spirits uh, reported at at both of those locations. But is there twelve? Well, <laughs> I, I'm not sure of the count, but but uh, I, I think they'd be in the running. Okay. Those two places. Absolutely. So oh. for everybody at home that hasn't been to Baraboo, Wisconsin, um, and I know we have people listening from all over the world. Um, Baraboo, Wisconsin is the center of like the American circus. I yeah. think would be a good way to put right. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't mean like the media circus or like Circus Magazine with Gene Simmons on the cover. I mean like the actual PT Barnum and Bailey like elephant lion beaten circus. <laughs> And that's the kind of stuff they have in there. Hey. hey, all right. And and just to prove it, we drove like on the way here. We drove past the Circus World Museum, and I saw two incredibly creepy clown garbage cans yeah. okay. posted right outside. Did you guys see that? <laughs> and I think in their Mo- mouths are where you put the garbage. And it was <laughs> oh, Ringling Brothers. Ringling Brothers. Okay, thank and when you. When we were when we were kids, they used to have the Great Circus Parade in Milwaukee, and so you'd go to see that every year, and. And they would start the Great Circus Parade in Baraboo, and they would come through here, like, or they come through Milwaukee, right? With the actual because they they store the the train cars here, right? The well, the circus wagons. 
The circus wagons, thank you. And so and so every year I knew that uh, the actor Ernest Borgnine oh my gosh. was one of the clowns in the Great Circus Parade. And every time I would think about the Great Circus Parade then, I would think about Ernest Borgnine's death in the movie Escape from New York. Where <laughs> He gets like oh. split apart. He's cabby in Escape from New York, right? He gets like split apart oh when the cab gets That's destroyed. That's horrifying. So I kept thinking about that clown getting split apart across <laughs> the middle. That's so terrifying. And, uh, that was my youth in a nutshell. That's and disturbing. But disturbing weirdly enough, images. it's very disturbing. And even weird, weirder than that is that um, I have a, a family connection to the Ernest Borgnine. Wendy so is Ernest Borgnine. No, I'm not him, but <laughs> my sister won a coloring contest when we were kids. And it was a Kool-Aid coloring contest where you had to, you know, color the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. Hey, Kool-Aid. Right. And, and she won. And she got to be in the circus parade with Ernest Borgnine. And <laughs> she oh, was sailing apart by a laser. And the Kool-Aid man in a strange, strange... So she actually got to meet Ernest Borgnine? Yeah. And she was in, like, one of the parade carts with him. That's and awesome. um, all, But the, my favorite part of the story was that the Kool-Aid man, who was part of this special event... He wouldn't fit through the door, so they had to like deflate him whenever he had to go through a door because he was too uh, wide. So they had to like deflate the guy. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. And, and we might have to edit this out later. But Ernest Borgnine oh, no. lived, lived until his oh, late no. 90s. And this is a story that Prince would appreciate. Um, oh, Ernest Borgnine lived till like <laughs> got quiet his, his late 90s. And he, they did a uh, an interview with him on one of the early morning shows, like CNN Early Morning or the Today Show, or everything. And this is great. He's like 95 years old. And they ask him, "Well, what's your secret to being so healthy and living so long?" And he looks at the at the host. Oh God! And then he looks at the camera and he goes, "A lot of masturbation." Oh wow. <laughs> And then they just cut the commercial. Because they're like, uh, Ernest Borgnine, Aww. you're disgusting. Bless his little heart. Um, anyway. So he was honest, at least. Yeah. He, he's gone us the now. Truth. So whenever you want to think about a clown from the Great Circus Parade, please think of Ernest Borgnine looking at you when you go to bed. So we should probably talk to some oh. of the people from the old Baraboo. Oh, yes. Quick. But real quick, before we do that, I just want to give a, I, w- I would like to paint a visual picture for the listeners because. I already thought I did with Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> It's not quite what I'm going for, but um, the old Baraboo Inn, as as you mentioned, we wa- we drove through downtown historic Baraboo and we went past the Circus World Museum. But um, when we got here, it's a very quaint setting, and so we walked in the door and right away there was a, a what would you call that? A scary looking creature. Oh yeah, there's a there's like a little host for us. Yeah, it looks like a mannequin. Lurch, or lurch. lurch. Oh, and and lurch. there's a really lovely sign that said "Welcome, Allison, Mike, Wendy." So that was very I nice. I know, and we felt welcomed by. But um, the, the place is is uh, it just has a very cool kind of vibe to it, and it's it's um, we're surrounded by wood paneling. Uh, the bar is like a gorgeous. What did you say it was? BC? The but only red. red sp- the only red cedar. red cedar bar in Wisconsin. Yes. And then we have all kinds of antiques and artifacts, and there's, there's some NASCAR car panels on the ceiling. There's um, deer heads on the wall. Like as far but as the eye can see. So yeah. whatever you, when you picture it as a Wisconsin bar. It's very rustic. It's very, got it's it. got tons of character. It's and, very Wisconsin. And, well, uh, as Wisconsin as you can get. Yes. And BC yes. apparently... This, uh, is a lot of your work, or all of your work? 
Okay, well, let's, so. we should bring him up Let's here. bring yeah. Why don't you come up here? You want to come in? Let's give him let's, a hand. BC! <laughs> so we appreciate the kind of work that you put into this fire. And, and BC, would you join us up here? At the microphone? Yes. And, thank and you. Thank you for the food earlier. Yeah. It was delicious. Oh, the prime rib sandwich was absolutely delicious. It's to die for. It melted right in my mouth. So thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> it's like butter. Like Thanks for the butter. plug on the food. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, so you shared with us a bit of the history of the bar and how it was when you found it. Maybe you could, could share that with the audience here, please? Well, it was a hell of a wreck. Okay. It. it was... Uh, uh, there was a huge fire here in 1989, and they had to dump a million gallons of water, over a million gallons of water on this building to save it. Wow. And ironically enough, I was the last customer to walk out that door the night of the fire. No the way. That oh, burn. that's yeah. strange. So are you from Baraboo originally? Yeah, I'm from Baraboo. Okay. okay. I'm a... <laughs> Baraboo, I wasn't going to say it. It's better than being called a... It came out. It just came out. Better than a Baraboo. <laughs> it's illegal to bear a boob and bear a boob. Did you know that? <laughs> oh, goodness. I got a ticket for that here once. <laughs> right right <laughs> in this bar. So, okay. So, uh, you were the last one out of this place in 1989. Before it burned down. You didn't happen to have a match? No, I did not light <laughs> no, it. No, I'm, I'm totally How many times have I been asked course. that? No, I did not light That's it. That's horrible. I did not, I did not work for an insurance company at the time. So, okay. And then what happened next? Well... Oh, the guy that that uh, owned it at the time had a uh, well, God rest his soul. You know, he he was walking around saying he was going to burn the place and <laughs> taking Grammys off the wall. And I had a really bad vibe. Me and my my dead brother now was passed on too. Were the last two to leave that night. And uh, uh, lo and behold, there was a mysterious fire that evening. And then he had a auction to sell what was left in the building, uh, took a huge insurance claim, then sold the property, then moved to Florida for eight years. The statute of limitations is seven years. Hmm. Okay, so, that's not suspicious at all. No, no, I just, you know, plant a seed there, but... <laughs> it, um, but then, anyways, ten years later, I'm the guy that's got to clean it up. And... I was just about to go south racing, NASCAR full-time. And I had a little guy on his shoulder saying, go racing, go racing. I had one little guy on his shoulder saying, you better have something to come home to, boy, because it's a chew you up and spit you out sport. Mm, that's, yeah. You know? And my whole plan was to come here, uh, renovate this, and uh, get it up and running, and then go racing full-time. And I'm still here. <laughs> well, we're glad you are. Well, I turned down some pretty pretty good ride offers uh, from A.J. Foyt and John Menard, and, and uh, I should have never said no, but here I am. So, I mean, you, so you were uh, almost a professional NASCAR racer. Yeah, I was written up as a professional driver. I was racing NASCAR North. Wow, wow. awesome, awesome. Did okay. Not know that. And so you said, forget it, I'm going to be a bar owner in Baraboo. <laughs> well... I guess it, it was destiny. It really was. And, well, and the thing is, like, race car drivers sometimes die. Bar owners usually are all right. Bar owners sometimes die here. <laughs> John, he, he, you know what? John Dombrowski, who owned this place for 30 or 40 years, died right here. Right here. Right you didn't know it, did you? We're, we're in right a now? porthole. We're in a porthole right here, right now. Well, we should, 
who? Okay. Wait, we we just we, let's go back a little further. Let's go back in time. Before the fire, before the actual history of this this location. Okay, okay, spot. there you go. So, because we we all know the picture, but it's brand new to everybody who's listening to the podcast. Sure. So. Absolutely. Well, I've got uh, my bank president. One day said uh, he called me and he said, "What's up?" I said, "Just just come on in here. I want to talk to you about it." I said, "Okay." So I went in there and he goes, "Well, I know what kind of history buff you are." And I just thought you'd really, really enjoy having this. I said, well, what have you got? He goes, well, no, no, just hold on a second. He goes, he goes, this is supposed to be locked up in the bank vault, okay, when nobody can touch it, nobody can see it, it's fireproof, it's just, it's supposed to be locked up in the bank vault. I said, what the heck is it? And he hands me this fully, he says, I just thought you'd enjoy reading through this, being the history buff that you are. And I open it up as the abstract to the property, which goes back to cool. 1838. Whoa. Before Wisconsin was a state. That's right. It was 1840. Yes, yes, that's right. I learned that. And in I've got that abstract to this day. It, uh, it's, it reads like a goddamn book. You know, most abstracts, just a few pages. This thing is a book. So a lot has occurred on this property. Yeah, oh, my God. The, the history of this place, it uh, was built in 1864 during the Civil War. Okay, it was a Harriet blue. Tubman built this place. Harriet Tubman. Going to be on a $20 bill. No. And she built the old Baraboo Inn. And, uh, yeah. Love her. And uh, actually, it was George and Anna Bender who moved to uh, um, uh, America in 1850-something. They moved to, to Milwaukee in 1860 to learn about the brewing and winery uh, business. And... Then moved to Prairie de Sac in 1863 and moved here and built this in 1864. He was from Germany. She was from Austria. And they had some, some Strumberger, Stein, just really big, long German name. Definitely. But but a lot of ancestry in Wisconsin is German. And a lot of German ancestry took the name Bender. Okay. And that's why this was George and Anna Bender. It wasn't Strumberger or whatever the heck it was. It, they took that American name, Bender. And if you guys have ever drank German beer, you've probably been on a Bender. <laughs> or many Benders. And that's why it was called Bender House. This was called Bender House. And then, and then he died. And uh, uh, the, the main bar was built in 1864. The rear bar was built on 1867. Because Bear was a boom town in a day. We have the hub for Chicago Northwestern Railroad right across the street. Ah. And this, this used to be downtown Barrow. You came to Barrow, this was it. Okay. You, came in, you came in the railroad tracks, and, and that was it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, he died, and then uh, uh, it was a brothel. Downstairs was a brewery and a wine. The main level is like a saloon like this. Upstairs was boom, boom rooms. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the, the boom, boom room. I think. Boom, boom rooms. It was by the night or by the hour, and oh gosh. we've stayed or, or by the ten, <laughs> or by the fi- or by the fifteen. Yeah, or to, by the ten minutes, I was going to say whatever it takes you, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> but uh, some days um, are better than others. And then when he died, it was it was uh, nicknamed Ma Benders because of Madam Bender. Ah. So it was Ma Bender. Go to Ma Benders; they'll take care of you, you know. And and then it was Benders till like 1938. Oh wow! It was Bender House for a long for, time. Yeah, her son took it over, and and uh, it was a brothel, all the way well, till from from the Civil War to World War Two. And that's a long time. Yeah, just to the start <laughs> of World War Two, and then uh, then Ozzy Pierce bought it. Uh, it was Pierce's Cafe, and strangely enough, 
uh, everything you see in here I built, you know. I worked on this place for over four years wow. to get it open. And nice work. Oh, thank you very much. Well, and, and you had a compelling connection to this place. It sounds like, you know, you had, had a promising uh, racing career that you turned away from. And, you know, you think of all the work that went into this place, you know, after a fi devastating fire like that. So, you, you know, what do you think? What do you think um, is the powerful connection that you feel with this place? We got one here right now. I'm a sensitive. Oh, man. I'm a sensitive. I'm right below a psychic, and I and the psychics have told me I've I've got it. I've got the psychic ability. I got the power. I just don't know how to use it. I don't want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I want to stay right about where I'm at. You know, it. Uh, I can tell when they come, when they go, and when they go. It. Uh, um, Anyways, what was the question? The, the question is, um, you know, what what do you think drove you to, to oh. do all that work and, and turn well, away from, you know, I don't your know. love, which was racing? My dad had a bar a block up the street, which was a Long Branch Tavern. And I lost my father at a young age. Uh, but my first recollection of life is pushing a broom in the Long Branch Tavern. And um, the warehouse behind that building I've got pictures on the wall I'll show you before you leave tonight um, the building behind that was the ringling carry wagon and carriage house where they built the wagons and oh, carriages that's cool. it was so goddamn cool they had uh, uh, the horses names were still above above the stalls in the basement Wow it was just like etched in or that's just awesome. wood carved in you know it was so goddamn cool and then uh, like I said, my, my dad passed when I was a young child, and uh, um, they, Alliant Energy, now it was WP&L then, I don't know if I remember WP&L. Um, yeah. They said they had to build a huge solar complex site on this site, you know. They just had to have that to build this huge solar complex, and to this day it's an empty lot. And they tore that building oh, down. Oh, that's tragic. They tore, which it was the Effinger Saloon. We see we had we had the Ruland Brewery over here, we had the Effinger Brewery over there. And this was the main, main dispensary for Ruland Beer because there's a tunnel that goes under the street. I don't know if I told you that. No, but that's cool. It's cool. <laughs> there's a tunnel that goes under the street over to the brewery. Is it still open? No, it was stoned up during Prohibition, the ends. But uh, um, uh, anyways, my, my dad had uh, the Long Branch Tavern and the, bu the building behind that, and they were both torn down. And to this day, there's not anything on that mm. site at all. The cornerstone's still there. So anyways, I guess I was very unhappy. that And, and I, my grandmother uh, was a, in the Writers Guild. She was a historian. And as a child, I spent a lot of time with her. And I learned a lot about Beirut's history, mm. all the way back to the, to the founding fathers of, the, of this town. And Wallace Rowan was, and Abe Wood were the first two family centers. Wallace Rowan was like my great, 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 give or take a great or two uncle. Okay, so yeah. you're a bear boob from day I'm, one. I'm a bear boob. So do you think this was your way of <coughs> carrying on, you know, that like, uh, living on in your father's footsteps and also connecting with local history? Uh, yes. Um, my bank president thought I was nuts. I had the key in my pocket. See, uh, there was a guy that had bought this in between, and God rest his soul, Hoss, uh, 
and uh, he up and died on us right, right before deer season one year. And, and uh, the family asked me to be a caretaker for the property. And so I was a caretaker for this for two years. And caretaker was a pain in the butt. It was, it was shoveling all the sidewalks, salting all the sidewalks, dealing with all the vandalism complaints. You know, and this, this building was just a wreck. The city was going to condemn it. They were going to tear it down. And I just, and the more I was in here, the more I felt like I was supposed to be here. You know, and, and then Lynn Hansen, uh, who was in charge of the state, called me up and they said, ABC. I got some great news. I said, what? She goes, you don't have to be caretaker for the property anymore. I'm like, why? She goes, well, because I sold it. And I was just silent. And she goes, are you there? I said, well, well yeah, I'm, I'm here. She goes, well, aren't you happy? I said, no, I'm not happy at all. So why not? I said, well, Lynn, I, I think I want it. She goes, you want it? Well, why don't you say something? I said, why don't you say something? <laughs> Why didn't you say you were going to sell a goddamn yeah. thing, you know? She goes, well, I never thought you'd have, you know, you'd want it. I said, well, I, I said, the more I'm in there, the more I feel like I'm supposed to be there. There's more reasons for that, but, and, uh, <clears throat> I, anyway, she said, well, she let me call my realtor, let me call the, the attorneys, and I'll call you back. I said, okay. She called me back the next day. She said, well, there's only one way you can, you can, uh, uh, Get a, gain ownership of the property. She says, she says you have to beat their offer. So who is they? So well, it's a development group out of Madison. I said, well, uh, what, have I, what have I got? You know, darn big city. Dun dun dun. Carpet baggers. <laughs> and, <laughs> yep. And uh, it was a development company. You know, it's, I suppose in the in different investors and. Right. And uh, I said, what have I got? Thirty days, sixty days, ninety days. You know, to to beat this. She went, um, uh, uh, uh nineteen. Wow. Yeah. I said I got 19 days. So you had to break the piggy bank. Yeah. And here I got this little guy on my shoulder going, go racing, go racing, go racing, you know? But, uh, you know what? If I may interject, something that I think is interesting about this, too, is that, you know, when you often hear about uh, Native American cultures, it's a connection to land, a connection to a place, a connection to a, uh, like, like a, a lake or a forest or something like that. And Western culture, or the kind of culture that a lot of us here grew up in, it's, it's a connection to a building. You know, it's a connection to... It's like, so that, that still exists. We have those same kind of, like, this is part of us. Like, you know, you, you really are making it sound like you were meant to be in this building. Like, it's part of you. You know, you're part of the history of the of the community and stuff like that of the, of the town. And, you know, I think we've all I know I have felt that towards certain places, not not towards land as much as like a building. And I just think I, it made me think about that when you're like, well, of course, with 19 days to go, we know how the story ends because we're here today <laughs> and it, you made it happen. And that kind of connection um, I think a lot of us feel it towards not not property or not land per se, but a place. And so it sounds like you feel like that towards this place. Now I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Okay, during it, I, I worked on this thing over four, for four years before I got it open, okay? 
And people are saying, oh, he's never going to open. Oh, there's no way. He's never going to get it open, blah, 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 blah. Because I, I retucked pointed the entire, every brick in the building, re repainted everything. Wow. Uh, there was no windows in the upstairs. It was just, I built everything you see I built. And during those four years, those four long, hard years, um, my mom said to me, she goes, she goes, well, you know, you used to work there, didn't you? I went, Work where? She goes, well, at OBI, when it was Princess Cafe. I went, no, Mom, you never told me that. She goes, yeah, from 1940 to 1942. She goes, as a matter of fact, I think there's a picture of me in my waitress outfit st standing in one of the doorways or by a pole outside. I went, Mom, you got to find it. you got to find that picture. And to this day, I got in that collage over there, I've got her standing in that doorway that I walked out of, the last one to walk out of the night of the fire, I got her uh, in 75 years ago, standing in a waitress outfit, and then one by the pole outside standing in a waitress outfit. And um, it just, it's just weird that she worked here. Then what's even weirder... That is a connection to a place, right? Then there's one more step. Uh, we lost my mother then, too. And um, the night before her funeral... My uncle says to me, he says, hey, B. He goes, you know where your mom and dad met? I went, not a clue. I don't know. He goes, well, at OBI, when it was Pierce's Cafe. He goes, he came in for lunch one day. She was his waitress. And, well, that was the end of that. Aww. Wow. So my, my parents met That's her. pretty special. That's an incredible wow. connection. They met at this table. They call it the love table. Aww. Now, we have to ask, when did you first realize that this place might be haunted? Oh, my God. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, you see, I was running a performance company at the same time, a perform performance shop. And I was building race cars, working on Corvettes, Porsches, just really high-end stuff, you know. And then I took on this. And uh, I, would, I would come up here from 6 in the morning or a little before till 8.30, 9 o'clock, get on there, work from there till nine to five or six, and I come up here to work, work till midnight. And um, didn't have a goddamn clue what I was doing. I just, I took, uh, took 22 dump truck loads of junk out of here to get room to work, you know? And there's another story there on the, on the picture of John Abrowski, which is behind you, but anyways. Um, uh, I started thinking I'm losing my mind because my tools were in different places. You know, I, I'm, I'm just like, well, I didn't leave that there. What the hell's going on? And I thought, aha, they didn't give me all the keys to this place, you know, when they, when they gave me the keys. Somebody else got a key because there's, there's obviously stuff's being moved around when I'm not here. And this is just, this is just in the first couple of weeks, okay? And um, so I started taping the doors and windows, taping them so I could tell if anybody had been in here, you know, then taste broke. And uh, I'd come in in the morning, I'd check all the tape, and there's no tape broken. All my stuff's moved around. And I'm like, God dang it, there's got to be another way in and out of here. I didn't know about the tunnel then, you know. But I'm like, there is somebody getting in here because I know I didn't leave that there, you know. And um, then you'd, you'd see something out of the corner of your eye, and then you'd hear somebody call your name, or you'd hear, hear some, some people talking, it's like, what in the hell? I'm just doing too many hours. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've all had that. Before. I'm losing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you really start questioning your sanity. Yeah, you definitely. Um, and I started questioning my sanity. I'm like, uh, you're going nuts. You're hearing this, you're seeing that. You're, And then I started thinking, well, you know, maybe this place is just freaking haunted. You know? Why not? And... And then I started getting the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> As you do. As I do. And, I mean, it wasn't the first week or two. I, just, I was just pulling my hair out. I did not leave that there. I'm, and and yeah. then, and then, I'd be upstairs working. I'd hammer, 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 hammer. I'd grab the next, I'd put my hammer down. I'd lay, grab the next piece, put it up there, and my hammer would be gone. I'm like, what in the hell? I'm looking all over for it. There's, there's no way. You know, it's not in my hammer loop. It's not on the floor. What the heck? I just had this. I just had it. I'd come downstairs, grab another hammer, go back up, it's laying right there. Mm. Oh, man. That's a cruel, cruel ghost. Right, it's not now, even helpful. Like, you're working on the place. Now, yeah, I'm trying here. Now, when did you get for verification from, like, other people? or So you, you were having your own personal experience, and, and you're pretty sure when stuff like that starts happening that, hey, something's going on. Yeah, something's going on. Did you talk on. to other people in the community about No, it? hell no. I kept it quiet <laughs> as I could. I didn't want to think I'm crazier than I am, you know. <laughs> and uh, um, I kept it quiet. And and then I, I just I just knew it was haunted. I just, because I could hear, I'd see somebody out the corner of my, you know, corner of my eye. I'd, I'd hear people talking. You look, there's nobody there. I mean, it's just, I'm just like, this place is alive with the dead. <laughs> 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 and uh, and then I, I hired a guy, and there there was there was like uh, four foot holes cut in the floor here from the because they, they had to let the water go down through because they oh. were afraid the whole building was going to implode with a million Same. gallons of water. I know, and so you could see I, I would I would turn off all the lights in the basement starting from the way in the back all the way. I come in in the morning and lights be on downstairs. Oh. I'm like, what in the hell? Did I, did I, or did I not set those off? And this would go on day after day. And there'd be different lights on, you know, different ones. I'm like, come on. So I, so I hired this other guy. I said, hey, Bruce, why don't you come on down here with me? He said, well, what you going to do? I said, well, I'll just go, let's just walk through and turn these lights off. Well, what do you need me for? Well, oh, come on, just, you know, we'll just shut them off, you know. And we'd shut them off. We'd come in the next morning and some of the lights be on. And he, he's looking down through, because you could look through, through the hole through the floor, you know. He's like, he's like looking, and he wouldn't say anything, and, and then it came to the point where I, I said, hey, Bruce, end of the day, I said, get on there and shut them lights off. Well, okay. He got on there, and I'd, I'd watch him. You know, I'd watch him <laughs> through the holes in the floor. I'd watch him shut all the lights off. We'd come in the next, next day, some of them lights would be on. I'd say, hey, Bruce, I told you to shut them lights. Well, I did. I, you watched me, BC. He goes, I saw you watching me through the holes in the floor. And he goes, and he goes well, what the hell? I said, I don't know. And then that went on for a few days, you know, a week, and... And I said, he goes, he goes, what the hell is going on here? I said, well, I think we got a ghost. He was like, <gasps> see ya. <laughs> but, but he goes, you. that explains everything. He starts going on and on and on about seeing people and hearing things and just the same stuff I was going through. But you don't just have one ghost here. Oh no, we've we've got at least at least fifteen to thirty that stay here all oh, the time. Oh, okay, so right. yeah. that twelve so, is a lie. That's a damn lie. lie. I, I was 
Christmas we, informed. We had uh, we just did some <laughs> some uh, uh, ghost box stuff, and we had a couple of ones. We had a we we did one uh, with Sandy and some some other girls were back to the night. They said, "How many spirits here?" They said, seventeen. Okay. Said, well, you know that's and and this place is a porthole or a transient. Okay, it's just like when the old train depot was here. There's other spirits that come and go every day. Besides the nucleus of the ones that we've got here, the regulars, the uh, what did you call them, Allison? The residuals or the? Oh no, the intelligence. I think I think you mostly have intelligent hauntings here, right? Yeah, we've got re- residuals and intelligent hauntings, but most of them are intelligent hauntings. Mm. Yeah, because so one, to everybody at home, a residual haunting would be like a taping. So if you think about. Uh, let's say you're in some place in France or Britain and you're in a basement and you watch a Roman soldier walk from one end of the basement to the other and yet you're like, hey, Roman soldier, what's going on? And he's not looking at you or whatever because it's just like, it's like a, it's like a, a recording of something that happened 2,000 years ago. And intelligent haunting is what we think of. Intelligent is where like, an actual spirit is trying to communicate with you. It like has a might, personality might, and everything. Might squeeze your shoulder. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. So. I'll give you a a couple perfect uh, testimonials to it. A residual haunt. We had a digital recorder set in the back bar, and um, you can hear it. We we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Class A EVPs. We need to keep the B's and the C's and the stuff you got to clean up. We don't have to. We've got so many here. We got stacks of of, of uh, CDs that deep, just full of EVPs, wow. Class A's. Well, we're hoping we A's. might pick some up tonight on our... That yeah, would be Highly possible. But anyways, <laughs> here you go. A Class A EVP. You hear it in the back bar. You had it recorded in the back bar. You hear, bang, bang, look, you got him, Gus. Yup, he's down. That's, see, we've got, we've got several cowboys here. We've got several gangsters here. we got... Uh, a whole bunch of ladies are here. They ladies didn't, didn't call you ladies. When it was a brothel, that means yeah. prostitutes, everybody. You know? Ladies <laughs> of the night. That's the code. Um, and then now that, that is a residual haunt. Something had just such an impact. When it happened, it just keeps replaying and replaying and replaying and replaying. And, and then, and then, then on a, on, a, uh, on a Halloween party, we had, this was like two or three months later, we had a, a digital recorder sitting in the back bar. And I was Clyde Barrow, okay? And I come walking through, and, they, and you can hear my, my footsteps. You can hear me. I said, they said it, it was me because they heard me say, hey, how are you guys doing tonight? And they heard me walk right past the mic. And, and then, now that was residual. You know, something happened that just has this impact. Here's an intelligent haunt of the same people. The, the, the one guy goes, he goes, look at him, Gus. And then Gus goes, yep, now he's one of us. Wow, that's awesome. That, and, um, aren't there stories from the renters as oh well? Oh, my God. Honky-tonk piano. Hey, anybody want to hear honky-tonk piano? We, we've got one. I don't know where it is, but it's here. Um, numerous renters have heard about bar time. Hear uh, a honky-tonk piano start plunking away, just like in the old Western movies. Play them out. Yep. You know, and... Uh, and uh, and then the crowd noise and everybody happy and happy 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 you know and the the honky tonk piano playing they stomp on the floor and all quit and then about 15 minutes later you hear the piano start again ah. you know? and then and <laughs> those then, darn musicians they never stop and then one Friday the 13th about hey Drew are you in here yet 
Oh boy. <laughs> Drew, it was a Friday the 13th, and, and Drew was just playing the jukebox for like two or three hours. We're like, he's playing everything out of the sun across the charts, and we were, we were just going, hey man, that's really great. You know, and there's, there were, we were down to five of us in here. It was a doctor and his girlfriend. Um, Sounds like the start of a joke. No. <laughs> it's no joke. And uh, um, uh, another guy, Drew, and myself. And uh, the one guy said, oh, I hate Friday the 13th. That's when I got my legs broken. And I said, what the hell? He goes, yeah, I, I, got, my, I got hit by a truck at Town Lawns Park. And I said, ooh, I wouldn't like Friday the 13th either. You know, and I looked at the, in the clock in the kitchen. It was like four minutes or five minutes to when it was just about to be the 14th. I went, I went, hey, we made it. it. Just a couple little things happened during the night, you know. Nothing really major. And I said, hey, we made it. It's only four minutes to go. We're, we're, we, we sailed through Friday the 13th pretty goddamn good, you know. And there's, well, I'll put another, ju I'll put another uh, dollar jukebox, play another few songs. Okay. He goes over and he plays uh, Eleanor Rigby and something else. And then the damnedest thing happened. Uh, the jukebox, it, it, that song finished, and all of a sudden it started playing honky tonk piano music. And I was talking to the other guy, and I finally said, and it was it was it was getting louder and louder, and it was honky tonk piano. I said, to Mark said, just a second. I go, Drew, Drew, what the hell did you play? He goes, oh, I don't know. I didn't play this. I said, what do you mean you didn't play? I looked at the jukebox. There was nothing playing, and. And then it started going crazy. But and it was just, coming out of the speakers, though. No, it was coming from oh. over there. And it got really, really loud and came, and all of us turned and looked, like, like right over there. It was coming from there. It was not coming from the speakers. There was nothing playing on jukebox. Oh, and it went on for 45 seconds or so, and we were all just like... You know, just... Yeah, that's, just, that's We didn't weird. know what to say, didn't know I what to do. my panties. Just, yeah. <laughs> Cream, and, and then it stopped, and we just all sat there for a second, and then uh, Ario keep, and then the, then the jukebox here, click, 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 you know, kicks on the next CD, and keep rolling on. Ario Speedwagon started playing, and we just went on. What the hell was that? What the hell just happened? It was, it, we, Drew, is that the truth? Drew yeah. said yes. Confirmation. Well, that. Some awesome stories and some history from BC. Everybody, give them a round of applause for coming to share. Thank you, BC. Thanks for keeping really this venue alive. Thank you for everything about how you've been part of the old Baraboo Inn. And now we've got to do a quick interview with someone dressed as one of the spirits yes. tonight. Okay, so now we've heard all about this Sybil. Yes. And so now uh, we are going to interview uh, Melanie, or Melody or Melanie? It's Melanie. Melanie. And we are going to talk about uh, some of the experiences you've had at the old Baraboo Inn. So yes. can you give us your full well, name real quick? My name is Melanie Weber, otherwise known as Mel Carroll. That's my ghost page, but it's my Facebook page, is Mel Carroll. There you go, yes. And uh, a lot of my evidence is posted on that that I've gathered across the U.S. Um, mostly, I go have uh, done paranormal investigation out in Utah, but right there. Get right up in that I microphone. I always have problems with mics. <laughs> right don't be shy. Yeah, right, don't be shy. Get right in the microphone so everybody can hear you out okay. there. 
But a lot of my evidence has come out of Utah, where I have some family that lives out there. We've been to some places that the ghost adventures have been, like uh, Asylum 49, Family Tree, which I think they were just at a few weeks ago, um, which they had on TV. Uh, but I never had many places to go here in Wisconsin that I knew of. And then I own a business in, or I'm a co-owner of a business in Fitchburg, and uh, one of my staff told me to come try out this old beer brew in. They said, you gotta come here. I talked to the owner, he said, you gotta go here because this place is really haunted. I said, sounds good, I wanna go there. So I made an appointment to meet up with BC, and he actually let me come and investigate. I guess he doesn't let that many people come in and investigate. But I got in here, and I would say across the U.S., and I have been to Deadwood, a bunch of places like that, this is one of the most haunted buildings I've been in. I've caught more evidence here, I think, than probably any place I've been. So who are you? Who is this character you are dressed as tonight? And well, why I, are you dressed as this okay, character? Okay, I thought I was Mary, but I guess I'm Sybil. We did some photo shoots in here one night. We were doing some investigating, and I dressed up. I like to get into props sometimes, do props, to get whatever spirits to come out. And there's a well-known Trigger spirit. objects, right? Trigger object. There's a well-known... Wait, what, what the hell are you talking about? Okay. okay. <laughs> you go ahead. You can okay. explain it better so than So tr a trigger object is something that you put out to encourage the ghost to interact. So, and it could even be something like um, if, if the ghost is from like the, the 40s era, maybe you're playing some big band to bring them out. If mm -hmm. the ghost is a child, maybe you um, put out uh, some toys that they might like. If the ghost is my ex-girlfriend, you put out my heart that they can step <laughs> on and spin on. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> That's it. So we wanted to see if we could bring Cowboy out. That's a resident spirit here. Um, he's a big, tall cowboy guy, and so I'm hoping he came to meet him that tonight. night as, <laughs> as uh, dressed up, you know, western hats, and I actually have quite a bit of that stuff anyway, because I have horses, and so we came dressed like that. We're sitting at the bar in the other room, and uh, one of our, another paranormal group was here with us, and he was just sitting back in the corner taking pictures with his cell phone camera. And I'm begging this guy to come have a shot of whiskey with me because nobody's yeah. there. And I'm like, come on, cowboy. I'd really like you to come out and, and have a drink with me. I'm begging you. I'm sitting here by myself. Had a girl. And so uh, nothing. <laughs> I didn't get anything on my SLS camera, which is a light structure camera. But he started flipping the camera. And not only did he get the spirit of a woman in the mirror, which it looks almost like I do right now. We also and she's dressed in, we'll show some pictures later, yeah. but she's dressed in a, uh, a white, almost white. a wedding gown. Almost a wedding dress, yes. With a, uh, like a flower crown. Yep. Hair pulled up like I have mine right now. And uh, she came just minutes before the cowboy started to manifest himself. He started out with, it was really weird. I was sitting there looking off in another direction. And this black swirl mist was forming around my body. It looks like I weighed about 50 pounds more than I do. And I'm looking at that picture going, what is that? And then my daughter is behind the bar. And she is um, all of a sudden getting a mist forming in front of her. And it's starting to manifest right in front of her. And then the photo he took with the cowboy is him standing in front of her. He is a shadow person. He's not... Although you can kind of make out his face in it. 
but his big tall cowboy hat is up next to the bar sign. Hat man. And he is looking at me with his, he's kind of leaning on the bar, looking at me. And I'm looking away from him because, of course, I don't see him. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's an unbelievable picture. It's, it's great. And we've gotten other photos, too, here. I do a workshop here once a week or once a month for uh, kind of ghost hunting 101 for people. And some of our students have gotten amazing pictures. We have a little boy who's, I think, standing back in this area. I can't tell you where. Um, and he's got his dog with him. We thought it was another child until we blew it up, and it's like a collie, collie-type dog, sitting with him. And it's as clear, as clear as it can be. So we've gotten some great stuff. Plus, I've also investigated here with a medium, who's a friend of mine, and we've been to the downstairs where people have been murdered and killed. A lot of deaths in the downstairs, I guess. Uh, and, the, and the night ain't over yet. Yeah. <laughs> Capone used to come in here. I think the... The mob type people used to murder people downstairs. There is a post that looks like a big, like in a log home post that goes from the floor to the ceiling and there are bullet holes in it. And uh, when we go down there with my SLS light structure camera, there's always somebody, I can almost, every time I've been down there, caught a person standing at the post and it's like you can't get away from the post. So let's talk about the light structure camera mm -hmm. because um, you've caught some quote unquote yes. ghost sex. sex. Yes, I have. Yes, boom, I have. Chicka, wow, wow, in yep. the boom, boom room. Yes, I have. And a few people that have been here have seen it. A few people were here that have were at that workshop, and we went upstairs to the brothel, and we're catching cue the porno music characters in the room. We're getting we're getting some you know. People standing around the light structures. If anybody's watched Ghost Adventures, they know what a light structure camera is. Sure, and if anybody's watched the porno, there was like a plumber <laughs> and a woman who needed her pipes fixed. I had no idea what it was at first, and then I kept watching it going, wait a minute, there's two of them on that shelf. Wait a minute, what are they doing? I've never had them lay straight like that <laughs> on a shelf. I mean, they're always standing up or walking away or something. But no... We caught sex on a shelf, we call it. That's our video. Sex on a shelf. <laughs> and uh, Prince would be proud of the that. The first I've ever heard of that. Yes, it's sex <laughs> on a shelf. First time I've ever seen it in my life. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? So was everybody in the class. What? Most people were filming it. This man right here, whose name is Rocky, we had him up in the brothel too. And we, I told him that... It's like, well, great. Not for that reason. Check that Rocky show, was up in the brothel. We like, to, we like to investigate up there. And so Rocky was up there with some other students, and I told him that I get most of my evidence I, when I look into closets, around corners, around... It's almost like the spirits are hiding. Sure. And so I said, go into... I had gone into a closet and scared some out. So I told him, go to a closet. I said, you'll scare who's in there out of that closet. And yeah, we did. <laughs> and they were standing right outside either side of the closet. Did they look guilty? They were. I don't know what they were. I don't know if they're men or women. That's the problem with the light searching yeah. camera. You're not quite sure. But they wouldn't, didn't want him to leave the closet after he got in there. They were kicking him. They wouldn't even <laughs> get right. him trying to walk out of the closet. They would start kicking him or standing in front of the door. So, well, you know how it is when you're in the middle of the business. Yes. You don't want to stop for nothing. That's right. They didn't want him to leave. So. 
Now, so, are any of those uh, videos available online that we yes. could link to? Yes. Actually, we have a video of the video that's right on the old Baraboo Inn videos. But also, if you go to my page, which is Mel Carroll, I have the actual video. And we're going to have that in the show notes at othersidepodcast.com slash 89. That is correct. And just so you guys know, I mean, I'm glad to hear that there's there's some fun, fun-loving ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when you when you guys go downstairs, I'll be up here at the bar. Yeah, it makes you. Th- I mean, it, that sounds terrifying. Oh yeah. It makes me <laughs> think about Dan Aykroyd and Ghostbusters. Remember when that ghost comes up to him and opens up his zipper? Oh, we've got. Okay. <laughs> so so BC just. Is this live right now? Live as we speak. Okay, Good so he... See the post there in the Whoa. top right-hand corner? So there's a bunch of orbs in the lower right hand of the ghost. Uh, we're we're going to go in the basement and check it out pretty soon. Yes, absolutely. You guys are. Hey, everybody, can everybody give a, a, a round of applause for Melanie for sharing her stories with us tonight and being Melody. so beautiful Sybil. as Sybil. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Can't wait to we'll, find out Those more. pictures will be on othersidepodcast.com slash 89. And we have a live uh, security camera behind us of some different places that BC is sharing with us and you can see all There's kinds something of... Something going on and, and we're going to go... Activity. You guys, check it out. You guys are going to go down there. <laughs> I'll be at the Absolutely. bar. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. We'll talk I'll be waiting there. for the cowboy. <laughs> Well, 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 here is something weird. For this week, we originally recorded a tribute to Prince, who died last Thursday at his estate and recording complex near Minneapolis, Minnesota. So Wendy and I worked up an acoustic version of uh, one of my favorite, one of his hits, Delirious, and we played it for the crowd right after the podcast. Needless to say, they ate it up. We set the Zoom to record just like it had been for the podcast interview recording a few minutes before. But we went back the next day to check the recording. The songs were gone. Now, Prince was famously known to be insanely protective about his songwriting copyrights. So was it the purple one himself who turned the recording off? Well, I don't know. But since we were having a great time at the old Baraboo Inn with a few glasses of wine, we decided to make this week's song about the simple pleasures of having a couple of drinks. This is Sunspot with In Vino Veritas. In Vino. In Vino. The drunk man's words are the sober thought. A little bit of true serum in the salt Another round, you're on a roll Tell me the secrets of your soul Confess your sins Find me 
fast with a wedge of line In moderation's just another waste of time Another round, you're on the road Tell me the secrets of your soul Confess your sins listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Oh yeah. Hey, Kool-Aid.